preach tonight. <laughs> but it's really good to see every one of you. I truly appreciate every one of you. I, pastors have concern when they leave. I had no concern at all. I know we have very wonderful people here. And they will be uh, in the house of God, worshiping God and carrying on with the ministry. Because it's our ministry. Remember that? It's our ministry. Everyone has an important role. You have an important role to play. And it's your ministry, it's my ministry. I can do what you're doing or what you do, and you probably can't do what I'm doing or what I do. So it's all working together, ministry. That's the way it should be. I believe that's the way God wants it, and that's the way it's going to be at your fellowship. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Just help us tonight. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, put your hands out like that. See? You know what? Those hands are healing hands. Believe me, they are. Because Jesus says so. And He can't lie. Put your hands out. He says, You are a believer, right? He says, These signs follow them that believe. These signs follow them. You don't have to make the signs follow you. They follow you because you are a believer. You believe in Christ. You, there's nothing you can do about it. Just because you are a believer, they follow you. If it's not following you, it's because you haven't done what Jesus said to do. Lay your hands. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Your job is to lay hands on the sick. You can heal them. Jesus said they will recover. Amen. You have to be a believer. Amen. If you're a believer, you lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Don't you, you can scream the way I scream, or you can talk. <laughs> you don't have to scream. <laughs> but God does the work. Everyone was used. Amen. Tonight I want to uh, speak briefly on growing into maturity in Christ. I don't know, I'm not going to finish what I have to say, but I'm looking at people who are believers and you're here on Wednesday night. I know your desire is to grow into maturity. Many times we've seen Christians that will tell you they have been saved for like 15, 20 years, 30 years, and then when they open their mouth to speak, you wonder, where have you been? Uh, you can tell they, do, they, don't, they don't have any understanding and it's really painful uh, that people are really not, they're not mature because they don't know the scriptures. Two things Jesus said, you do err because you don't know the power of God and you don't know the scriptures. So two things, we need to know the power of God and we need to know the scriptures. But in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 2, it tells us this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Doctrines, elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Or let us go on to maturity. That's what pleases God. After you've been saved... You get the basic principles down, and then you move on to maturity. It's, it's difficult to see if you have a child, 
and the child is already 12 years old or maybe 16 years old and the child is still walking around with diapers that's painful to the parents because you have to clean up that child right that's painful so it's the same thing that we have spiritually you can't remain the same you have to keep growing and if you're not growing something is wrong if you're not developing rightly, then it's either you're sick or you're about to die. We have to grow. We have to live the elementary principles of Christ. We have to learn them. That's the foundation. We need them. That's the foundation. But after that, we must move on to maturity. And he tells us the foundation. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. That's clear. You need to have faith towards God. You need to repent so your sins are forgiven. And now you have a relationship with God. You are brought into the kingdom of God. Your heart is circumcised. circumcised, And that brings you into the new covenant with God. You are now a covenant person with God. Because you believed in God and you've repented. You've turned from your old ways and you've turned back to God. To walking with God. That's foundational. We must always go back to the foundation. And remember, sometimes foundations can be broken. And you have to fix it. We probably need to go back. But something is wrong when the foundation is broken. When you have to go back. So we know we have to have a solid foundation. And that foundation is, we know that we need to turn away from dead works. Dead works, meaning the works done by the old man, the old man that was with us, but that man has been put to death. And if you're still doing those works, <laughs> those works are dead works. We repent from those things and we trust in God to live right. That's basic. That's foundational. We don't sin every day. I said that in Nigeria. We were there for about two weeks. I told the church when I spoke to them about righteousness. We don't sin every day. I don't think of anything that I've done at that time. All we were focused on was ministering to the people day in, day out. We came in tired. We went to bed, slept, and talked about everything that God was doing. We went back again ministering to them. I had no time to have, you know, bad thoughts or all of that kind of stuff. I had no sin. I told them I hadn't done anything. There's no need for me to repent or ask God for forgiveness for something that I haven't done. That's stupidity. That's religion. I don't have to ask for forgiveness when I've not done anything. That, and, and you know, if you sin, you know. You know. Your heart will immediately let you know you've done something wrong. And if your heart doesn't let you know, then you're dead. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do. To convict so when you do something wrong, and the Bible is clear, if anyone is otherwise minded, God will reveal it to you. So when you're not clear, God says, that's not right, what you said wasn't right. And you can't really sleep. You know you've done something wrong, because that unrest comes into your spirit. But you know the foundation, you know where to go. So I told them, no, we don't sin every day. I don't have to confess sins every day. Well, when I sin, I confess it. But I'm not conscious of sin. That's no longer part of my life. I'm free from that. He who the Son makes free, is free. Not just free, free indeed. 
And if Jesus meant what he said, and his words never returned to him void, well, I've claimed that the words have been fulfilled in my life. He made me free indeed. That's past. I got that foundation down. Repentance and faith towards God. I know He won't fail me. And the Bible tells us everything that we commit to Him, He is able to keep until that day. I have committed my life to Him. I have committed my work to Him. He is able to keep me until that day. I am trusting in Him and not in my own power, not in my own ability. So I am not out to please anybody. I am not out to, to prove anything to anybody. I am just me, born again by the Spirit of God, transformed according to the Word. From the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son. He has done that. And He's done that for you. I don't have to be that. Well, I got nothing to prove to anybody. I can afford to be myself. But I don't, we don't sin every day. You don't ever get sin conscious. Because that will lead you to sinning. You are now slaves of righteousness. Amen. A slave has no choice. Right? You were a slave of sin. Now you are a slave of righteousness. You have no right to obey your old master. You have been bought with a price. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus. And now you belong to a new master. You are now a servant of God. A slave of God. A slave of love. You don't go back to the old way of life. You are a new wineskin. With new wine inside of you. <laughs> and it's always working. It's so beautiful. If we will let that, if we will believe it. Everything we do, we're coming back to that, maturity. Everything we do in Christ is by faith. Everything. What I'm saying, if you don't believe it, you'll stay where you are. And it will manifest itself in your life. You will be fearful, very doubtful. Very concerned about your life. Sometimes even wondering whether you will make it to heaven. <laughs> I don't think about things like that. I'm just thinking about what to do for the kingdom. I, that's settled. I, I will be there. No doubt about it. I will be there. I had, I had in my life two lives. The old life, they knew it. My friends, my brothers, they knew it. I have a new life in Christ. That's obvious. So, um, by His grace, I am well established in Him. We have nothing to prove to anybody. I think that's one of the things when you go into maturity, you got nothing to prove to anybody. If you're still trying to prove things to people, something is not right. And you know it. That's why you, when you act hypocritically, doing things that is not coming from your heart, because you're still trying to prove things to people. And you're not yourself. And you know it. And the Spirit of God is dealing with you. That that's not the way to be. Jesus had nothing to prove to anybody. He was the Son of God. Focused on what His Father wanted Him to do all the way. That's the way it should be. We don't let people define us. We let the Word define us. And we stay with the Word. 
That's what is important. You, the foundation of repentance, faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms. So that's obvious. It's not just one baptism. I'm not going to argue with anybody. It's not just one baptism. It's the doctrine of baptisms. There is water baptism. There is Holy Spirit baptism. When you, when you baptize in water, you get wet. <laughs> when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues. It's as simple as that. You may not speak that same day, but you should speak sometime. There's no apology to that. You have to. That's just the way the scripture says it. It's there in the, in the scriptures. When they receive it, I used to tell people long ago, and you, you saw how we did it, Charlie. As soon as they got saved, got a bunch of them, the, the whole place filled. I've never done that much in church because I want everybody to participate. But they all come in, I say a few words, and I tell them, God is going to fill you with the Holy Spirit right now. And they get start speaking in tongues. And you can be there listening to them. They, all of them start speaking in tongues. And that's the way it happened. I didn't have anything to prove it was that simple. God is true to His Word. He says, if you believe, these signs follow them that believe. In my name, they speak in new tongues. So I tell them in His name, now let's speak in tongues. And the signs follow them. Amen. They are instantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And they start speaking in tongues. And I had to teach a lot of them, you know, on a one-to-one, because they wanted some power. How do I want more power? The first question, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, yeah, well, I want you to spend 15 minutes every day speaking in tongues. If you want to say any prayer to God, say it in your head, in your English language or your local language. But what, what God wants coming out of your mouth is tongues. That's the truth. That's a secret, believe me. That's a key secret in strengthening yourself. And we're coming to that. It's so important. You spend time speaking in other tongues. Spend time. Spend time. I'm coming to that. It's so important. I believe my life was transformed from the mid-80s. Because I discovered the power. I had been filled with the Holy Spirit since 1975. But I didn't understand it. But from, 19, from the mid-80s, well, I spent a lot of time speaking in tongues. I spent some, most days, uh, Pastor Clifford, you met Pastor Clifford. Most times I spent about an hour every day. I was speaking in tongues as long as I wanted. That, that transformed. From then on, I pick up the scriptures and it opens up to me. I can see things that I never saw before. And not just one, I can sit there and it just keeps jumping at me. Just from, from Old Testament all the way down. Now, guess what? Paul spoke in tongues more than everyone else. Right? He got more revelation than the rest of them. That's the truth. It's the truth. And I'll show you that from the scriptures later. It's so important. Spend that time. Don't, tell, don't go show God how great your vocabulary is. Let him get the vocabulary from your tongues. You don't put good words together. That's not going to get his attention. The Spirit is the one that makes intercession for us. And he makes intercession for us according to the will of God. 
So we need to grow that way. So the doctrines of baptisms, the laying on of hands, that's another, another doctrine. I didn't realize that the, there's a doctrine of the laying on of hands. It's so important. The laying on of hands. God works through the laying on of hands. While, while I'm going back, back home because I just got back from there. But I was sending the, Charlie and the others away because I wanted to stay behind. And Angela's pastor came around. Uh, I didn't think I was going to see him. But uh, he has a very large church in Benin City and is well known all over the state. You mention him to pastors and they, they, they know who you're talking about. And he said to me, I want you to come and see me in my office. So I went back and it was about 30 miles, 30 uh, minutes or less than 30 minutes, 25 minutes to get to his office. The next day I was there with him and we talked. He wants us to be with, uh, come back and work with him. And before I left, he says, I'll pray for you. I said, yeah, you have to do that. Even if you didn't say, <laughs> you will be praying for me. I knelt down and I said, put your hand on my head now, I pray. He was going to just, let's pray. I said, no. I'm down on my knees. You lay your hands on me. I want what you got. And all of those big ones, I'm going to find them. When I can get them, they will lay their hands on me. How many of you know uh, Steve Hill? You know him? You know how his ministry became that great? Sometimes these men, they won't tell you much, but sometimes they tell what really happened. He was looking for something to happen to his ministry. He had been in Latin America, you know, doing evangelistic work and all of that. This was before the Brownsville revival. And he located Binihim. And Binihim was coming out of a place. And he was disappointed because he wanted to set up something. And he didn't work. And he was very unhappy. And he was walking back to his hotel. And uh, uh, Steve Hill had, you know, Conrad found out about everything. He found out everything about Bini, where he was going to be, what time he was going to go back to his hotel room, and he was waiting for him. As soon as he showed up, he says, "Come here. I am Steve here. You're going to pray with me today." Bini said, "I didn't feel like praying," but he says, "You got to pray with me today." And he pulled him out, and Bini was just going to bless him. He says, "No, this is mostly, This is not that kind of prayer." He says, "Put your hand right here," <laughs> and he knelt down. And he laid his hands on him, and then he started praying, and then he knew this is different. He prayed for him. Transformation. Desire of the heart. The laying on of hands. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you because of the laying on of my hands. He also told him, don't neglect the gift that is in you that was given to you by prophecy. And by the laying on her hands of the elders. So basically they laid their hands on this man and said, he's a young minister, he'll need these gifts. Do you understand what's going on here? he needs these gifts. He's a young man, he doesn't know much, but we're going to lay our hands on him and God is going to give him this gift. And they laid their hands on him and Paul is saying, don't neglect that gift, it's in you already. Why? Because we laid our hands on you. There is a doctrine of the laying on of hands. It's a doctrine of laying hand of hands for people to be healed. We should do it. We should believe it. We should act on it. And God will work. You don't know how God will move, but you, yours is obedience. Just do what the scripture says. And if you do it, then God shows up. 
So there is that doctrine of the laying on of hands. But notice what these doctrines are. <laughs> these are the elementary principles. Do you understand? That's all we're talking about tonight. Elementary. Look, let's go back. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, uh, of the doctrine of baptism. That's, that's elementary, right? And the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. All of these things we're talking about are just elementary. But yet, we spend a lot of time trying to tell Christians about this. We need to be away from this. This should be settled. And we should be practicing all of these things. And then we build on to maturity. So practice it. Practice it. Lay your hands on them. If they tell you they are saved, ask them if they are filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask them. And pray with them. It's so simple. It's not because pastor is anointed. I don't know when this happened. I just know the word and I shared the word, shared the word with them. As simple as that. Because you know why I'm sharing this with you? Because I believe that this church is a church of ministers. God is going to birth ministers from this place. It's so simple. It is not very difficult. You don't have to call me anointed because I prayed for a crowd of people and they all received the Holy Spirit. Wow! Is he me anointed? You're kidding yourself. All I did was tell them the word. And the word will not return to him void. God will confirm his word at all times. And God has said to me, all your job is to convince them from the word. Once they are convinced from the word, I'll do the work. Amen. All I have to do is share from the word. And Charlie was there, just a few words from them to them. And I said, okay, now let's get ready to receive the Holy Spirit. They said, yes. I said, let's go. And then I said, well, let's, let's start praying in tongues. Because we have received. We asked the Father. The Bible is clear. I'm using the Holy Spirit just as an example. Okay. The Bible is clear. He's, Jesus said, everyone who thirsts, let him come. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. If any man thirsts, let him come. And he said, this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, that it is those who believe in him, right? Those who believe in him, was the qualification? They believe in him. These guys have accepted Christ. So the rivers of living water ought to flow through them. So my job is just like a coach. Let's go for it now, all right? And then they all start doing it. Amen. And you don't have to say the guy is so anointed. I was just a coach. <laughs> you know, a coach. To get them ready so the Holy Spirit can fill them up. And that's simple. You can do that. You can. So when they tell you they're saved, immediately ask them, Have you received the Holy Spirit? And you know, they, may, uh, they might reply like the disciples in uh, Acts 19, We have never heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And then they say, who baptized you? Know, <laughs> and then you tell, share with them your experience. And ask them, do you want to receive the gift? I can pray for you right now. Show them. Luke chapter 11, from 9 through 13. 
He says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Show them. Verse 13. Luke 11. And after they find that out, say, well, do you want to receive right now? Just like you tell them, do you want to receive Christ right now? They say, yes. How do we do that? Do it with them. And boy, you got one good success. That one, he go tell his friend. And you got two people next time. Then you got your ministry. It's called helping people to receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that used to be my ministry. I loved it. And I still love it. still my ministry. Just being a coach. But these are elementary principles. And God says we need to move on to maturity. So, what is that? If you wonder what that is, what is maturity? What am I supposed to mature in? Well, I guess for most Christians, we're talking about character, right? Let me let you know this. I'm sure you'll find certain unbelievers that seem to have more character than church people, right? <laughs> Some of them have more character than church people, I'm telling you. This is true. So it's not really character. That's part of it. That's what I believe. Because what will build character in a person... Two things. Faith. Love. The greatest problem on earth today is selfishness. The truth. It's love, selfishness. Opposite ends. If you destroy selfishness and allow love to triumph, Everything will become beautiful. Selfishness is what destroys the home. Selfishness is what destroys the church. Selfishness will destroy friendship. Love is the glue. Right? Ties everything together. Should we grow in love? I don't think so. You might disagree with me, but I don't think we should grow in love. Because Romans 5, verse 5, says God has shared His love abroad in our hearts, right? The Bible says that. And God cannot lie. So you got love. You don't have to grow. You got love. God lives in you. God is love. So you got love. If God is truly living in you, you got all the love that you, that you want to have. You don't need to grow. You already have love. Just let that love in you have its way. And life will be different. Just let it flow through you. Rather than allowing selfishness. The major problem is selfishness. Because it's a lot of trouble. That's why God says, put, put away that whole old man. Is dead. Because that's where the real problem is. Selfishness. Selfishness wants to be seen. Right? I got to have my way. Love is the opposite. It's the way of God. It's the new covenant way. It's the way for us to walk in. 
If you think you're growing in love, basically what you're doing is allowing, you're only allowing more of God's love to flow through you. It was already there when you received the Holy Spirit. He shared His love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. And every one of us have the same Holy Spirit. It's when we drown that out and allow selfishness to prevail that the character, our character doesn't reflect who is truly living in us. See? Because He is love. Well, so, when you're not letting that happen, that affects your character, right? So that's why I said it's not really character. You, do you understand where I'm going with this? It's not just character. It's growing in faith which releases God's grace in your life. you understand what I'm saying? Because once you grow in faith, faith in God, and love is always there because faith rides on the back of love. It has to be there. Your faith will not work unless you got that love that has been shed abroad in your heart working. When you're letting it work. You're getting what I'm saying? Your faith will not grow unless this is working. If selfishness is prevailing, you can hear as many sermons as you want to hear. Put all the tapes on. Go to all the meetings. Get prophesied over. You're still your mind will not be renewed. Selfishness is still on the throne. So your faith will not work. And you won't understand God really. So selfishness is the issue. We need to grow in faith. So pleasing God. I got to stop. Would you stand up with me? <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just pray that God will reveal to us what is really in us that's what the Bible tells us that God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know the hope of his calling the inheritance that we are to him the exceeding greatness of his power towards us because we believe and it's that power that is at work today in us. That power is available. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in your life. Same power. Not any whit less. The same power that raised up Christ from the dead is right now where you're standing, right there. That same power is at work. That same power is walking through you right now. My people perish for lack of knowledge. God give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We need to know who we are. 
in you. Help us to grow our faith because it's our faith that overcomes the world. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your people, Lord, tonight that are gathered before you. We will grow in grace and in love for one another as we allow your spirit to flow through us in love. Let selfishness die in Jesus' name because you've already put it to death. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to see every one of you again. God bless you.